promote the vibes. Welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast brought to you by NBA 2K23. I myself, Mo Mootsy, alongside me, the one, the only, Mr. BJ Armstrong. <laughs> I don't have nothing to say today. I don't have nothing to say today. <laughs> I don't have nothing to say. So I have a lot to say. I'm here, Mo. Thank you for allowing me to just come on the show. I, As I, I said yesterday, I didn't know what was going to happen, but I'm just going to repeat what I said, Mo. I, I can't. I can't bet against him. I can't. I can't. I I, I I don't know what to say. So I'm just going to let right. it go. You I, are right. I'm, I'm not, not about being right. I'm just saying what I know. And I'm just saying this. I Reason reason and logic and conventional thinking would say, hey, whatever. I'm just going to let him be. And I'm going to say this. Until someone knocks him out. <laughs> <laughs> Until someone knocks him out, Mo. That's a, that's a champion. And, we are. and ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to say this. There is a moment where when when Steph Curry came out of the game and he went in high five everybody in the front of the bench and everyone behind the bench and ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that's what winning looks like. That's it. You got a visual. All of the other things, greatest of all time. No, that's what winning looks like. That's what you play for is that moment right there. So that's it. I'm going to the floor is yours, Mo. And I'm just here to support you because you know what? There's nothing else for us to say. We, that was a treat here on a Sunday afternoon. We had two phenomenal games. We had we had history. That was a history class right there in September. That was a historic, like, historic. Okay, that's you know what I mean. I very rarely use this word. That was one of the most epic things I've seen. <laughs> in a game seven. That was that. Now that that was an epic moment. That has to be. Is that the most points ever in a game seven? It has to be right, or it has to be up there. I don't know if it's a. Let most. me find out. Let me find out. But go ahead, Mo. It's yours. I've said everything I need to say for the rest of the show. So let's go for it. Steph Curry scored 50 points, okay? Seven three-pointers, 50 points in a necessary performance to lead his team through a Game 7 in the first round. A lot of questions were being asked. They were saying if the Warriors crash out of the playoffs this year, they're going to break up the team. It's the end of the dynasty. Steph Curry turned up today and he said, not on my watch. Klay Thompson had an awful night going 4 of 19 from the field. Andrew Wiggins went 5 of 16 from the field. Jordan Poole, once again, nothing. Only 8 points. But Steph Curry said, don't worry about all of that. I got you. But do you know who was the MVP of this game for me, BJ? And oh. it wasn't Steph Curry with his 50 points. It, it was, was the man. Malone. I mean, I mean, it, it, it was it the was man, Malone. Moses Malone. It was, <laughs> it was yes. Kavon Abdul Jabbar. It was Hakeem Aluni. One. It was Alunzo Morning. Kavon Looney, ladies and gentlemen, controlled the glass. Twenty-one rebounds, ten on the offensive glass. Absolutely dominated Domantas Sabonis, who is an all-NBA 13 player probably this year, an all-star in this league. He was decimated by the monster of Kavon Looney on the glass. And that, BJ, for me, was the difference in the game. The extra possessions generated 
by Kevon Looney, especially in that third quarter, it felt like every time the Warriors missed, every single one he managed to grab. I think the Warriors had 13, 14 offensive rebounds in that quarter alone. They controlled the game through that and that alone. The physicality, the positioning, you name it, and he did it. It was a masterclass. I've not seen anything like that since. I don't know the last time I've seen a player have that kind of impact on the glass. Maybe Dwight Howard when he was in his prime. Maybe Dennis Rodman. Listen, I know people are going to say Andre Drummond, but that does not count. That is not valid. So, Kevon Looney, congratulations. Stephen Curry, congratulations. Draymond Green was put back into the starting lineup for this. I just checked the most points in the game seven, 50 points for Stephen Curry tonight. Uh, Kevin Durant had 48 points in game seven when he was on the Brooklyn Nets up against the Milwaukee Bucks. Dominique Wilkins had 47 uh, against the Celtics. Uh, Sam Jones had 47 against Cincinnati. Luca had 46 in that game seven against the Clippers. And then the list goes on from there. So Steph Curry, one of the greatest performances we've ever seen. You know, he's an all-time great. I don't know who you got in your top 10, but he has to be in there. We're talking about a guy who literally put the team on his back in what BJ Armstrong described yesterday as one of the most hostile road environments. The Cowbells would go in and he managed to silence the crowd by the end of the third quarter. Uh, incredible. Incredible. We're watching, we're watching history being made, like you said. And, you know, this win can give them the confidence. They've got a tough next round against the Lakers. We're going to talk about that in tomorrow's show. But they've got a tough next round. But when Steph Curry plays like that, I don't know anyone alive who could stop that man. It's it's unbelievable. With the ball, without the ball, defender hand in his face. Did you see the play where Harrison Barnes was guarding him and he pushed off the six foot nine Harrison Barnes to create a separation for the shot? The strength of someone his size unbelievable. I can't say enough good things about Steph Curry's performance. Let's get a little bit technical with it. Um, in this game, you know, DeMontis Sabonis finished with 22 points. He was looking more aggressive to score. And it's, it's really interesting because they were matching his minutes with Looney's minutes. Steve Kerr made sure Looney was on the floor whenever Sabonis was on the floor. So in the third quarter, the Warriors made their big run. Then the Kings started to come back into the game and Mike Brown didn't put Sabonis back into the game because he didn't mm. want Looney to get back onto the court. That's how impactful he was. A team held their all-star out of the game because your center, I think he's like the 39th highest paid center in the league or whatever it is, is making such an impact. Crazy. Absolutely crazy to me. Um, the the Kings were thrown slightly off rhythm. De'Aaron Fox, 16 points. Not ideal for the NBA's clutch player of the year in a game seven. He was thrown off rhythm by picking up four fouls early in the, four, in the third quarter. So that kind of took him out of his rhythm, allowed the Warriors to make their run. Um, but wow, BJ just, I don't have anything yeah, else to say. And you know, it takes yeah, a lot for me to not say? have much to say. It takes yeah, a lot. What can you say? I mean, Emma, what can you say? It, it was simply a treat for all of us basketball fans. And if you just really want to see what preparation looks like, what perseverance looks like, what being prepared for the moment looks like, and I mean, to do that on the road in a hostile environment, right, is simply just amazing. It's just simply amazing. And and I'm going to tell you something else. Steve Kerr. You know, some of these guys Mo, are just. They really are amazing. They, they really are like we got to get Steve Coach Kerr, Kerr on the podcast in the summer. We have yeah, no, to. no, Steve Kerr. No, no, seriously. no, Coach Kerr. I'm, I'm going to tell you something. His preparation for that moment, that that team was ready to play, okay? Not only were they ready to play, 
Well, one of the things I pointed out, I said, I'm going to look for offensive rebounding yesterday. Yep. And I'm going to look for turnovers. And I want to look for turnovers. And the Warriors finished the game with only seven turnovers. Well, the Kings only had eight, in fairness. I know. But the but, Kings' but, but, turnovers but, but, were quite timely. Yes. The timing of those turnovers. When you play on the road and you don't turn it over, Mo, and you offensive rebound, BJ, that's just... B- BJ, you, BJ, you know, I've got, uh, got to stop you there. I'm a fan of the Boston Celtics. I don't know what that feels like. Okay, I haven't felt that since 2008. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That, that's fair. That's fair. But you know, like, 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 you know, like the kids today say they're locked in. That team was razor focused. Mm-hmm. They came out, Mo. They had a plan. They, they, they dictated what was going to happen on the offensive end, the defensive end. And they played their they played their brand. They played their brand. They weren't they weren't rattled. The, they took the crowd out of the game, and they just played. And, and and Coach Kerr was on. Coach Kerr, that was a display of just pure coaching excellence. Like when you say forty eight minutes, your players are ready to play, and your coaches are ready to coach, and it just all comes together. That's what it looks like. Both teams, I mean, that was as well as a half I've seen. That third, and we always talk quarter. about it. Third quarter yeah. Warriors. It's like I, I tweeted during the game. There's death, yeah. there's taxes, and there's the Warriors making a run in the third quarter. Okay. Those are the guarantees in line. And and it wasn't so much a run where they came out and were executing Mo. It was just a street fight. The team that comes that came out in this series and who were who established they were the more physical team. That's the one thing that I always look for in a game or in a team, and in particular in the playoffs. You can't be the most aggressive team and the victim. Mm. You got to be one or the other. And the most aggressive team in the series won every game. And the Warriors, in particular, Kevon Looney, okay? Shout out to Kevon Looney. I have no more questions about Kevon Looney and what he does and what he brings the man is an he is an impactful player and he's showing you how you can impact the game you don't have to score 20 points you don't have to have 15 assists you can just come out set screens rebound the basketball and have a huge impact on him because without every one of those rebounds they don't win that game and he's only six for nine that's what I'm saying. He's, he's not a seven footer. He's six foot you nine. Know, uh, he, 30th he, he, pick in the he, draft. He's, he's a, only making five a, million dollars this year. That might be a, he might be over delivering on his contract more than anyone else in the NBA right now. Well, he, he he that's a big time, big time effort by him. He just always finds a way and he just goes about his business. So great job by the Warriors. And you know what, Mo? I'm not gonna pick against them. So if you're asking me who's gonna win the next round. I'm just saying the Warriors. We'll save. We'll save I, the I preview. For, we'll it. save the preview. Well, for I want to save. I want to save the game. But but they're 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 the champs, and and they deserve that level of respect now. I think, well, not now, but they deserve it. I think this is going to be the twenty second, twenty third time that LeBron and Steph have gone head to head in the playoffs. But we'll talk about that. After tomorrow's games, uh, we do have one more game from today to discuss. Speaking of elite coaching, uh, Coach Spo once again climbing up the all-time playoff wins record book. Congratulations wow. to him. Uh, top wow. five now. And then going up against Tom Thibodeau. And um, the Heat and the Knicks game one. What were your major takeaways from that one as the Miami Heat 
one on the road in another hostile environment, Madison Square Garden. Had a little injury scare for Jimmy Butler at the end, but he finished the game yeah, with 25 I... points. Um, you know, they got contributions from Gabe Vincent at 20, Carl Larry at 18, Bam Adebayo had 16. For the Knicks, on the other hand, um, Thibodeau went with a very shortened bench. Only three players coming in off the bench to contribute. Uh, Brunson, he, he finished with 25, Josh Hart at 10. RJ Barrett had 26, and Obi Toppin replacing Julius Randle in the starting lineup had 18. Well, I, I, I must admit, I'm, I'm a little shocked by the Miami Heat. I just don't know how they're getting it done. I really don't. I mean, I, I mean, I am shocked. I mean, Mo, I, I know Jimmy Butler's a great player, but the whole thing, Kevin Love, Matt Struess, Vincent. Martin coming in, you know, Gabe Vincent and, and these guys coming in. I don't get it, Mo. I, I like Mo. I, I'm just like, I'm like, okay, you know, th those are good players. But Mo, they're getting it done. Okay. Mm -hmm. You're bringing Kyle Lowry off the bench. Duncan Robertson, who hasn't literally hasn't played all years coming in. He's one of the guys off the bench. I mean, Mo, they're basically doing this with like, like seven players. Yeah. Well, well for me, okay. Jimmy gets the headlines, but. Coach Spo, I was really impressed with his coaching in this game. The defensive scheme they used against Jalen Brunson, who's been lining it up for the Knicks, it was fantastic, right? They guarded him with defenders that were bigger than him, Jimmy Butler, uh, Caleb Morgan, and and he made sure that those guys were trying to fight through the screens. So they weren't going under, they weren't getting caught in the screen and trying to switch. They were trying to fight through the screens and stay with him. They had the big man dropped back because we know Jalen Brunson loves to get into the paint and either hit that turnaround shot they were funneling the shots to the shooters that they wanted to shoot, right? The Knicks right. shot seven of 34 from three. They uh, they were ice cold. So RJ Barrett shooting threes, one of five. You will live with that. Obi Soppin hit four, but he took 11 attempts. You will live with that. Josh Hart, zero from four from three. You will live with that. Emmanuel Quickly, one of four from three. You will live with that. So by Jane and Brunson coming off the screen, you're fighting through it. You've got the wing defenders pinching in to kind of help and kind of dig at him a little bit while the player fights through the screen and you've got your big in a drop. It really shuts down the options for him. And they turned the pressure up on that, especially in the second half. And um, they were turning some of those into traps, uh, in, into a couple of double teams um, without having to go zone. And they didn't have to switch or anything. So it was an impeccable defensive scheme, in my opinion, which kind of shut down. Jalen Brunson finished with 25, right? But he, he could be a lot more dangerous than what the numbers alone show. So for me, that was huge from Miami Heat. And also the play of Kyle Lowry down the stretch, hitting timely shots, especially after Jimmy Butler got hurt. He took the ball and he said, listen, I'll lead us. And on the defensive end, getting some steals, getting some, you know, tying guys up where they're trying to get to the bucket. He had a sensational game, Kyle Lowry. That's what you bring him there for, his championship experience. And uh, Gabe Vincent started off, I was a little bit worried. He started off hot. He hit the first few shots and then he got really trigger happy, but managed to get himself back on form, finished with 20. I was really impressed with the Miami Heat. And now they have the home court advantage in the series. The series has begun. As you say, it doesn't begin until someone wins on the road. And here they are. Yep. Game here number are. one. And, and the, the first game is always, in my opinion, the toughest game. If you're going to steal a game as you start a series, game one on the road is the game to get. Why? Unless because you, it's a fill-out game. You're at home. Everyone expects you to win. You don't really... You know, you don't know the menus of the team. You haven't played. It's kind of like, it's like a hit or miss type deal. Mm -hmm. You know, you get game one, you feel a little bit confident because you say, okay, I saw this. I know what to expect. And then the series starts, you know, starts to kind of take 
shape and take form. Great job by the, the by Amy. I, again, I just have to, I feel like I have to say this. I mean, they are shorthanded and they're winning. Coach Spo, I mean, what a game plan. He shrunk the court. And what I mean by that is every time, you know, the kid Jalen Brunson, who had 25 points, and by the numbers, those are good numbers. However, those were a difficult 25 points for him. I thought they did a really good job of running him into traffic. He, he saw a wall being built up against him. Mm-hmm. Uh, they fought through the picks, all of this switching stuff. And you would switch. He put his best player on their best player, Jimmy Butler, to, to meet the physicality of the game. And they kept a fresh body on him. And every time he would get in the lane, there was always bodies there to meet him and greet him. So I thought that was a great game plan. Second half to me, the third quarter, is where they opened up the court. And then they 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 wanted to get the Knicks' best defender, which is Mitchell Robinson, away from the basket, and they started yep. utilizing him in screens by having Kevin Love okay. out there and and taking Bam off the court, putting Kevin Love out there. It's your only big. He's a three point shooter, which means Mitchell Robinson yeah. has to guard away from the basket. Exactly. So that to me was a nice little wrinkle in the offense, and it gave them a third quarter. They had a they had a really nice third quarter mode. Talking mm-hmm. about the the Miami Heat. They had a really nice third quarter, gave them a little cushion. They got a little confidence on the offensive end and they started making shots. Now they were very opportunistic in the way they played today. They only ran when they got stops or uh, turnovers. And then they tried to play before the defense got set up and good, good shots. And they did a really good job of that. So great win. I would think Mo at some point depth is going to play a part in this series. And I think that favors the Knicks. Hopefully Jimmy Butler is okay because that that sprain or being yeah he turned his ankle didn't look yeah. good. Well, I will say this so, though, Josh Hart on the possessions he guarded him seemed to do a really good job. You know he's got the size, yeah no Josh, that's a good matchup. That's a good matchup that, for them. And like, I would Jimmy think, Butler only scoring twenty five in the playoffs is a good night given what we saw against Milwaukee. Well, I would think as the playoffs, if if this series goes five six seven, that should favor the Knicks. Now, yeah. clearly the Knicks. You know, they wanted to win this game. However, I still feel that they have a, I think they have a great opportunity to, you know, continue to play and to win this series. But if Miami keeps playing like this, even with five or six guys, okay, I I, I mean, Mo, they're literally playing five guys over 30 minutes and then whoever else is going, they'll play the other guys a couple of minutes. Well, I mean, my, Miami went five deep in their bench as well. Um, but yeah. obviously having a lead in the fourth quarter helps you allow to bring guys like Cody Zeller into the game, right? Um, yeah. I So, but give him credit. Give give my, I, I give think, Coach Spo credit, give his staff credit. And uh, that was a really nice win. I think the adjustments we see Tom Thibodeau make are going to be really interesting. But tonight, BJ, we've got, the other Eastern Conference semifinal tipping off, the Boston Celtics face the Philadelphia 76ers and Joel Embiid, Mm -hmm. who probably will be crowned MVP on Tuesday night this week, is listed as doubtful because they think his knee is a lot worse than originally thought. Am I insane for thinking that Philly can still win a game or two without Joel Embiid? No, you're not insane. You're, because, not, you're not insane. Because we saw the Hawks win a couple games against the Celtics, and they don't have a dominant big like well, that, the, right? The, the, They've the, got high-powered yeah. guards, so you've got Tyrese Maxey and James Harden. People forget who James Harden is in this league. He can get cooking. 
Tyrese Maxey, who's electric and his speed and quickness is going to be a real problem. And they're going to target Al Horford, just like Trey Young did in the last series. And then Paul Reed coming off the bench. I know he's not a big name, but he can hold it down. Not saying he's going to give you what Joel Embiid gives you or anything close to that, but he can play his role effectively. I'm a little bit concerned that the Soaks aren't going to win this series. And Joel Embiid being out, a lot of Sixers fans are thinking that they're just going to get swept aside. But I think that the Sixers can steal a game or two without Embiid on the floor because so far in this playoffs, the Celtics have shown us they are not a serious team. Well, I mean, you know, look, Bo, I mean, they, they lost one game. It's not like they went to game seven versus the Atlanta Hawks. I they mean, lost two games. They, yeah, but okay, they lost one at, 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 in Atlanta. Okay. I mean, Mo, this isn't like this isn't like the the minor leagues. These are NBA players. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's 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 the way they lost them. Yeah, it's the way. Two minutes to go, we're just going to pass the ball to the other team. One minute to go. Oh, let me let me just go okay, to ball. That's, that's fine. Okay, that's fine. If okay, but I I'm going to say this. Okay, they lost the game. Maybe they felt they should have won. However, they took care of business and they went on the road. To me, that's always a sign of a good team. When you can go on the road, they won two games on the road in this series. Job well done. Okay. Uh, okay. Now, okay. Maybe I missed something. Job well done. They were clearly the better team from the tip off in this series. They established, they were up like 30 or something in the game one. They established what they could do. And, and, and you're always fighting human nature. They, you know, that's, that's the way, that's the way this thing goes. Now, what I do know about this Celtic team is that they will respond to pressure. <laughs> okay. And right now they are a team that I know will come out and fight. Now, I have no doubt about that. Now, would I like them to play a little less carefree than what their personality? Yeah, I would, but I have no doubt about it that they are capable of winning a game on the road in a, in a hostile environment. That's one thing I, I can, I can take that. I could take that one to the bank with this group. This is going to be a tough series for them because Doc Rivers, Doc Rivers. It's one thing about Doc. I've always, you know, besides being a terrific coach, as you know, I'm a Doc Rivers fan. We know. We know your pick is coach of the year. He coaches when he's the underdog. <laughs> He really, because he experiments. And I think, go ahead, go ahead. I'm, I'm just, no, no, I'm, I'm just wondering when, because he's always had like, except for Orlando, he's had really stacked teams. So I'm trying to think when he's been the underdog in a, in a series. Okay. When, when he is able to coach with the team where he isn't expected to just, you know, win, he always comes up with a really nice, uh, I guess, yeah. So when he was coaching the Celtics against LeBron's Miami, and yeah, he he always, and I think here this allows him to experiment because when you play with a Joel Embiid team, like if Joel Embiid only got ten to twelve shots, the headline would be why didn't Joel? Why didn't you use Joel Embiid? You know, yeah. sometimes when you have a star player, I mean, it's not like you have a lot of options. You're depending on the guy to perform, and if he doesn't perform, and you go away from him, and then people start asking questions. However, now. We don't know how he's going to play without Joel Embiid. And to me, that gives him an advantage because mm -hmm. now how is he going to use, how is he going to use James Harden? How is he going to use Maxi? 
is Tobias Harris going to step up? So to be now he has a full repertoire of plays that he otherwise he can't do with Joel Embiid on yeah. the floor. Let's just let's just call it what it is. Yeah. So I think this gives him an advantage because it may take two or three games before the other team adjusts because they don't know how to defend. They call him prepare because they don't know what's yeah, coming now up. You're, now, now you're talking. Okay. So now, but on the other hand, if they are able to adjust on the fly. And then they, they tell the team and then the, that doesn't work. Then that's a huge advantage for Boston. Cause they're like, okay, we took your best shot and we beat you anyway. And so it, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. So it, it can work either both ways. Yeah. So I think, I who, think who are you Doc picking Rivers for this game one? Experiment. Who are you I, I'm, I'm, just, game one? I'm, I'm going Celtics. I'm going, I'm, I'm not going to shy away. Yeah. I'm picking the Celtics. I'm picking the Celtics. Okay, okay, I'm just okay. picking the Celtics for the series. Well, real quick before you we know, wrap up. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, but I, I do think it's going to be competitive, but it's going to be a competitive in a way that we haven't seen because you're you're taking away the MVP on a team and then asking them to win a series. I mean, well, that's a big that's a big task. OK, you're going to take away the MVP and Boston Celtics. They know that. Yeah. So I think it's going to be fun. I think Doc Rivers now. Doc Rivers has the OK, if you will, to really experiment. I think he could press. I think he could go. He could trap on defense. He could go zone. He could go isolation basketball now with James Harden. He could do a lot of different things that he just can't do with the big fellow on the floor. And it'll be okay because guess what? Hey, who's expecting them there's to win no the pressure. series? Anyway? Yeah, there's no, there's no pressure. There's no pressure. But so speaking, I think these guys are. I think that's that. That'll be fun for those guys. Speaking of um, MVPs, I wanted to ask before we wrap up. Who you got winning game two between the Suns and the Nuggets that goes on later tonight? Do you think the Suns have adjusted now to the climate and they can get cooking? Because you've got to be concerned okay. about them after game one. You know, well, I, I watched a little bit last night. I didn't watch the whole game again. I'm going to say this. I'm concerned now for the Phoenix Suns. I watched the game again. But I'm, I'm going to tell you why I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you why I'm concerned. You know, Mo, every time you come into a series... I look for matchups. I go, okay, what's the matchup? You know, who, who you got to win your matchup, your individual matchup in a series, right? You got to win the collective matchup in a series and you have to establish you are the most physical or the most aggressive team in the series. Mm -hmm. Some nights, Mo, some nights, you know, a guy like, like for instance, the, the, the kid um, for the, the, so Gabe, what's the, what's the Gabe Vincent. last name? Uh, okay. Gabe Vincent. He gets what twenty points. You know, I'm saying okay, okay, that's Quickly's matchup. Okay, we need you to. We we got to figure out how to do a better job on him. Okay, we gotta we have to figure out how to win that matchup. Okay, yeah. All right, we gotta like, and we can make an adjustments. But Mo, you can. It's okay to lose a matchup, but it's not okay to get dominated in the matchup now. And the reason I'm using that as an example, Mo, is the following. This kid, Jokic, he dominated his matchup. Mm -hmm. Okay, Mo, I expect him to win the matchup. But I don't, I if I'm the Phoenix Suns, I don't expect him to dominate that matchup. That's mm -hmm. the first one. That bothered me in game one. Okay? Two, Jamal Murray dominated the point guard matchup. Mm hmm. <laughs> yep. 
Okay, Mo, you, you, uh, Mo, and they, you understand and they what put, I'm saying? They put Josh Kogi in the lineup just to guard him, and he still cooked. Mo, he dominated the matchup. Okay, so you dominated the interior matchup, then you dominated the perimeter matchup, and then Mo. Oh yeah, go ahead. Because okay. you're going to say the same thing I'm thinking. Go ahead, yeah. keep and going. Then, keep going. and then the third thing which they they decided to do was they said we are going to attack Devin Booker, more or less saying. We're committed to you passing the ball. Now, Mo, we're going to live with Kevin Durant scoring, but mm -hmm. we're committed to making you, every time you touch it, pass the ball. Mm -hmm. And Mo, I don't know what that's going to mean for this team. Why? Because they haven't played enough games under this level of duress. Mm -hmm. They're going to get dominated at two positions that every game they probably are going to lose. Yeah. I, then they're looking at their third. They're looking at Booker and saying, Booker, we're going to force you to play make. And I don't know what that what that looks like or what that's going to look like for this team. And even though they did let Kevin Durant score, you know, he got 29. He did have seven turnovers. The Nuggets as a team only had eight turnovers in total. Um, very uncharacteristic of Kevin Durant. The other thing I was going to say is Aaron Gordon as well deserves to get some praise because he yeah. played through stretches where his sheer physical dominance against the defensive players just willed him in scoring buckets. There was like, a, there was two possessions back to back where he just put his head down, got to the paint, and there was like three guys in there, and he just simply got a bucket. And it's just, I'm stronger than you, I'm quicker than you, so I'm yeah. going to score. And I, I give him, I give him credit, I give him credit. Denver look, look Denver really came out with a focus. They had a, they had a focus in game one. I'm concerned now, okay? Because I didn't, I just didn't expect them to dominate those positions. Like, I expect if Phoenix is going to win, they're going to have to get a huge contribution at those two positions. Yeah. Right? And I don't know, you know, Chris Paul, I don't know what that's going to look like. But I know he's he can't be dominated at that position. And and DeAndre Ayton can't be dominated at the at the position. If, if if Jokic gets 25 and 18, then this guy's got to get you know 18 and 16. Okay, you got to say, you know, you you, you got to make your presence felt. So maybe a box out that wouldn't happens, hurt in this game. You know, from DeAndre and something maybe something is gonna maybe just instead of standing and watching, do maybe just try on the offensive <laughs> glass. Like I'm gonna leave that alone. Yeah. Well. We'll have another conversation about that if it doesn't change because he did promise after game one to be more physical in game two. So we'll see how that works out. Right. But um, stay with us because we're going to be back tomorrow morning recapping the Celtic Sixers and the Nuggets versus Suns as well as a preview for the upcoming games that this week because we just saw Steph Curry's heroic 50-point game. He's going up against LeBron's Lakers on Tuesday night. So make sure that you lock in tomorrow morning for everything you need to know from around the NBA. Make sure you share the show with a friend, leave a review, leave a rating, and all that good stuff. And most importantly, like Chef Curry did tonight with 50, get buckets.